Nathan, what did you think of this little trailer? I haven't seen it, mate. It's fucking a minute long, mate. What have you been doing? <laughs> it's been like eight hours in the toilet a week. Like, surely you can find a minute between wiping your ass, mate. <laughs> anyway. Um, Welcome to the Well Played DLC Podcast, Australia's juiciest gaming podcast. I am Zach Jackson, joined by Rhiannon Austin. Oh, I'm first this time. Hello. Mark Isaacson. Eh? Uh, Adam Ryan. Oh, cool. Cool. Now that's cool. Hello. My name's Adam. <laughs> uh, you knew. Hennessy. Hello, game enjoyers. And that's it. No James this week. He is off doing cool stuff. We shall hear all about it soon, I'm sure. Uh, But you five, wait, no, that's five including me, you four, how Mm. are we all this week? Tip tip top. I'm feeling Feeling incredible. Um, Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. I've had a lot of wins this week, uh, particularly in my campaign to raise money for Cure Cancer AU. Shout out to the Well Played team for the most generous donation of all of the writing uh, games website people that are tagged uh, shamelessly. Uh, If you're listening and you haven't donated, you should feel bad. You should. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yes, thank you so much to the team at Well Played. I promise I had nothing to do with that. It was just from their generous hearts that they uh, that they did that. So. Zach held me at gunpoint. I don't know. It, you may not have done anything, <laughs> but he did. I was going to say, yeah, uh, I think he has my bank account details, so I think he just stole it from there. So. You can't see <laughs> it, but Mark's got a black eye. Nathan can't stand up. I mean, it's, it's I had to get new glasses. So he literally punched me James in the face. In here. I get it, right. <laughs> You've now gone into uh, into arrears on, on, on your work here. So the next time that you, you get paid here, I just keep it. <laughs> I see Deal. what you're doing. <laughs> but we didn't get, we didn't make you do a shoey. No, you didn't. No, no shoey. Some people have donated fifty dollars and like it's okay. You don't have to do a shoey. But apparently, I've been informed by um my uh, uh, friends here, particularly the masterful Zach that I did it wrong because I, I did it with a V. Um, and apparently did it wrong, but I would just say that choosing a fizzy drink is probably mm. going to be hard if you wanted to skull it. I couldn't do a fizzy drink. You know, I couldn't skull a fizzy drink too much fizz, mate. Did yes. you do like a milk or something? That's your thing, though. Sure, I was quite happy keeping those two separate. (laughs) You're welcome. Glad I got bring it up. No, actually, someone I did see someone do who's raising money for the same campaign. Shout out to Logan. Uh, He's actually raised like five thousand dollars. Nice. Yeah, in excess. Mm. Yeah, Mm. amazing. Um, He did milk. So it can be done. There you go. No wonder he's sure, raised yeah. more money because he's got to pay for <laughs> fucking medical bills. That's got to do something to your gut, surely. Oh. So much culture. Depends on how many. Yeah, too much. <laughs> there is such a thing as too much culture. You're right, Nathan. <laughs> oh. This is a question without notice, but what's the, uh, what's the game version of a shoe? Like what's the most famous game <laughs> footwear? 
Gaming gaming footwear. Gaming footwear. Yeah. Uh, Ring. Just, just socks. Surely just socks. it'd have to be yeah. those dumb shit. Was it Razor TNs. or someone did gaming socks? Oh yeah. I, I don't know, like from like a game. Like, no, like what's the most? Like, what's the most iconic in-game video? Uh, in-game ah character. Sonic oh, in-game. Uh, yeah, Sonic Man. surely. Ooh, no, Mega no, Man. the Mega Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sonic Mega yeah. Man. Dead Rising. Shout out Dead Rising. So you could do. Get some Mega Man shoes, Matt. Mega Man go. shoes. There you go. Uh, they'd be like gum boots, hey. Kind of. That's why I said <laughs> milk and gum boots. Get around me. No, no, no. Get your milk <laughs> out of there. <laughs> Awful. Uh, <yuck. laughs> anyway, sh- sh- shout out, big shout outs to um, Bethesda oh, ANZ and uh, Kill Cancer AU for uh, organising that fundraiser. Well done to them. Yeah, it's good. Good to see. Nice one, everyone. All right, let's keep it nice and quick. There's a huge, big chat we want to talk about this week that is uh, pre-recorded for your lovely delight so you do get your james fix this week but first off who's been playing anything that they want to talk about before we get into the content and the other dribble that will i jumped oh, we lost. just oh. yeah no go ahead go ahead i jumped into multiplayer in quake 2 uh, it was basically oh, just nice. like a Ooh. battle royale, royale, uh, sort of messy, like pixelated blood spatter of a time. I don't know if you guys have ever played that, but it's just you know whoever gets the most kills, Years you know. Ago. Yeah, yeah, got a time, <laughs> a long, long time. Yeah, it's um, oh, it's frantic. It's frantic, and the shooting is just not accurate. Don't don't even bother. Like, <laughs> I don't even know how how you become even that skilled in the game. I think I'm just so used to the very, you know, fine accuracy of uh, modern FPS games. Um, but, yeah, multi... Yeah, it's... It... Yeah. Yeah, mul- it, it multiple... It kind of comes from an era where you point at something, you shoot, you wait for it to land, rather than these days you point, you shoot, you've done... Yeah, board. but everyone goes yeah. so fast. So it's like, yeah. I don't even know. I just kind of shoot and run away and hope for the best, you know? Like, it's... That's it. <laughs> Sonic shoes, yeah. mate. Yeah, maybe I need some. Um, so yeah, that's, have, have that's a great the time with that. second. That's the second Quake remaster they've dropped. They've yeah, you reckon they'll do Quake Three Arena next year? Because that'd be kind of cool. Maybe it would be cool. Fingers no, crossed. Because that was my favorite. I love Quake Three Arena multiplayer. Yeah. Anyway, it's Solid. a good time if you just want you know stupid fun. Yeah, that was unexpected. Quake Two. There you go. Good old. I'm not just a pretty face, place, Nathan. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Got some depth. Also, a fancier the classics. <laughs> I like the finer things in life, you know. Exactly. Mm. Speaking of the finer things in life, Adam, what are you being up to? Not much in the way of boring anything. That's yep. No, fair enough. Just no, more sons of the Please forest. Don't. That's that's pretty much it for me. I, it's it's got me by the ghoulies. My my mate and I that I'm playing with, we have been jumping in and expanding our little base and going off and. Jumping into caves full of all sorts of awful horrors. So yeah, that's that's pretty much me for the minute. Not much else outside of content. Mm. Nice. Anybody else want to, got anything that they want to share? Nathan does, I think. Yeah, I think. Uh, look, it's it's not too big for me. It's just an update. So April and myself still managing to make about two nights a week on our Baldur's Gate three playthrough. Uh, we had a funny instance where, like, she's still aggressively spending a lot of our playthroughs just secluding us in the camp so she can try and romance all the NPCs. 
It's getting a little bit annoying now because it means that I can't go about my adventure. I've got to wait for her to defile everyone before we get to go on adventure. <laughs> but I had an instance where one of the M- oh I won't spoil, it, but an NPC was going was was supposed to die like quite early on in the game. Uh, something happened. It was one of the like key party members uh, because people can die very early on in this game. We found out, and then it kind of glitched and they didn't die, and now they're just still like hanging around the camp but they've gone like really horny mode. So something's kind of like a week <laughs> out. They were supposed to die. They're back and they really want, they're really keen for some green. They want some of this half orc meat and it's, it's been a real steamy time. Um, I'm loving it. I'm just having the best Jeez. time with this game. I wasn't expecting it to be such a horny game, um, but it doesn't stop. Hey, the more you go, the more you get. That's D D though, isn't it? But I well, I'm not even now, up hey? to this part though. I'm, I've got a single player playthrough and it's just, I'm just failing at everything, and I guess that's kind of accurate for yeah, real life. That's anyway, um, <laughs> that's- uh, yeah, look, I think that's true. I think early on, yeah, f- failure seems to belong most of your efforts. You feel quite, quite fragile early on. Yeah, yeah, that is the D and D way. It's tough. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to my playthrough. It'll finally, be dropping on uh, PS5 early next week. So I'm, I'm very for excited that. for you. Yeah, because my PC think, sucks, so I cannot play it right now. I hope it goes good on yeah. console. As uh, I say, yeah. it does play really nice with a controller. Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, I've got fingers crossed that it'll uh, it'll come out pretty well on PS5. So we'll uh, wait and see on that one. Uh, hope everyone wins. Yeah. Just quickly, I uh, also uh, dabbled with Overwatch 2 uh, recently. I've been checking out the new character uh, that this added. I think it's Alara, from what I remember. Um, very, very good addition to the roster she's a really good healer really easy to use which i think is something that a lot of the overwatch characters in the past have kind of struggled with allowing someone new or experienced jump into a new character pretty much straight away just get it and i think she's one of the best more recently to be added to that so i haven't really done too much with the new campaign stuff or kind of played around with that a little bit but it, i mean it's always mainly mean just jumping into a quick play and getting a few games in and it's been fun how long does it take to load in? Like, how long does it take to queue for a game in Overwatch 2 these days? Like, still pretty good? It's about 30 seconds to a minute, roughly. It depends on which game mode, though. Like, some game modes, you stand there for wait- forever waiting because most people don't play them, depending on the time of day you play as well. Yeah, but I, I get maybe... That was the thing. Yeah, roughly about 30 seconds to a minute on average for me. Yeah, not bad. Cool. Very nice. Uh, me, not much, just whatever's uh, I'm reviewing. I don't have time at the moment. But what I missed last week, uh, and I will just go to a shout-out early, I actually played a little bit of um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm. Okay. Mm, How was that? Well now. Died very quickly in the first game. <laughs> what did you and play then, as, though? Uh, just one of the plebs, like one of the... <laughs> One Good of the old survivor. The victims. Yeah, yeah yes. well, I, I didn't get a choice. Big old Leatherface was taken both times and so was everyone else, I think. I don't know. I, I don't really know what I was doing. Um, I just loaded and pushed the button and it said I was ready. So I think. Um, but the second game, I actually made some progress. I got out of the house. There was some other sucker in there getting hit to and killed and chased. Made my way through the slaughterhouse. And I'm like, I'm bloody, I'm home free. Second game, this game's easy. You beauty. Uh, couldn't find a bloody lockpick. And I don't know, has, has anyone else here played it? 
No, no. You've got to like, you gotta go like no. fiddling through like these tins and like tool things to get like lock picks. And the grandpa can like, he has this thing where he, if you're not, if you are moving when it's just, it's like grandpa's looking for you or have having a feeling or something, right? And he can basically He's having a feeling. detect <laughs> where you are in the world if you're moving. So you got to like stand oh. still while he's doing his thing, right? So I'm in the slaughterhouse. I'm like, I don't know where they all are because there's a whole family like still, but I've been in this area for maybe five minutes, like trying to find a way out through this gate. Turns out like it was just the first level, you know, the first phase. There's still so much of that map that I, that I would need to have gotten out of. But then, then granddaddy gets, he gets real angry. He's mad. He's at max madness. And he can just see you like wherever. I'm like, this guy's like 90 or 100. How can he see me from wherever? Anyway, uh, I, got caught, I, got, I got caught and died. So there you go. But So does, does he it. just like drag you back? In- uh, I think I got my head cut off. I can't remember. Oh. Nice. Or something Great. like that. Or got, or I got Good way to go. Died. Like how frightening is it though? Like. As someone who doesn't normally play horror games. Um, it's Dead by Daylight, right, isn't it? Pretty much. Sort of. I never got big into that, but it's basically like that, yeah, from what I've seen yeah. of it. Okay. Um, I didn't really find it overly scary. I found it's it just a bit, like, bloody. frustrating. Um, a bit, like, skewed towards the family a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt like I was being you know, really quiet, like really cautious. I made my way out of this slaughterhouse. And then because this grandpa's got this fucking psychic powers where he can dictate, or not dictate, he can like detect where you are. It just ruined me. So, and you like, you go through like the tool things and you got to like, yeah, anyway. Uh, but Ash Whaling, he reviewed that game for us. He got, gave it a seven and a half out of 10. He said that, let me scroll to the bottom here. He says... While the fear factor may not go all that far, the gameplay experience in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is smooth as butter and flows like claret from a freshly opened artery. Delicious. Seven and a half out of ten. You can see and read the review on the website. Uh, yeah. All right. Let's go into the other content. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, what? Uh, I haven't got the doco, so shout-outs to me for that. Let well me done. Go into it. All right. Just any other shout-outs? Actually, there is another shout-out. It's not live yet, but it will be live at some point. Um, but Randon's old colleague, Michael, or Mikey, the Xbox... Oh, cowboy? Ca- cowboy? The Xbox I Cowboy. Said, I nearly said the Xbox Biker for, for a second. Um <laughs> <laughs> The Xbox Cowboy, uh, he reviewed Fort Solus. Solus? However you would say that. Solus? For us. I yeah. think it's a 7 out of 10. Uh, we're still just going through that, but it should be up in the next. It should be up by the time this goes up. Um, so shout outs to him for getting his first one published. That's Congrats. it. Shout outs, I think. Huzzah! Um, yes, that's all for the shout outs. Shout outs to you just for being here and listening. Good job. Proud of you. We love you. you. Uh, so I have been reviewing a game called Daymare 1994 Sandcastle. Uh, this is the prequel to Daymare 1998. 
which if you don't know what that game is, that is the game that began life as the RE2 fan remake before Capcom was like, hmm, this is not too bad. We might make our own fan... Uh, what? Our own fan remake? We, we, we might make our own remake. Um, and then I think they took people from... I think it's Invader Studios or is it Leonardo? One of them is the publisher, one of them. I think it's Invaders, I think, is the developer. Uh, so I think they, they took people from Invader and actually helped with the actual remake. And then that project became what is called Dayman 1998. Um, that was a couple years ago. I think I gave that game a six. Yeah, something like that. Uh, five and a half, six. Uh, so yeah, this is the prequel set before and basically you play as a agent, uh, uh, Hades agent, which in Hades is like stars. It stands for something I can't remember. Um, it, has, it has actually been disclosed in this game. I've not actually seen it in this game come up at all. You just have like the, you know, the attire that says Hades um, and you go to Area 51 pretty much and you are there to retrieve a briefcase, I think. I think that's the main crux of the story. Uh, but you go into this facility and obviously shit's a bit whack. Uh, there's these dead fellas that like can shoot electrical uh, jolts at you and they can, uh, there's two different sorts. There's like a blue and a red, pretty original. Um, the red one kind of has more damage, I think, from memory. The blue ones are a, bit, are a bit easier. It's, I quite like it, but I quite hate it. So it's, I was, I was telling James, and this is probably appeals to Mark as well. If you want like an Audi version of Resident Evil to play over the weekend when you've got nothing else to play, it's actually not too bad. It, it hits a lot of those old school Resident Evil beats. It's atmosphere is actually really cool. But when you, the, like the soundscape, when you, when you play with, um, some, some good cans, it's actually like a pretty good immersive time, right? The gameplay is just a bit dog shit. Um, not like full blown dog shit, like not like freshly lawnmower dog shit. It's just, it's you know, it's like a toy dog shit. But um, anyway, enough about dog shit. Uh, it's just that analogy some, got away from you, didn't it? <laughs> it did. <laughs> there's some things that um, it just doesn't do. Like you know the difference between a Capcom game and this game. So as I was showing you before, things like how quickly you can switch between weapons, how quickly you reload, how uh, quick the game, uh, the enemies attack you, right? It's just, it's, it's hard. Like it's, it's a, like I'm playing on normal. It's a challenging game to a certain degree, but it's not challenging by design. It's challenging by bad design. So it's little, these little things where you've got to kind of anticipate seconds you know split seconds in advance because if you've got an enemy running towards you you can use this uh, little freeze device you've got which basically can freeze enemies and uh, some uh, so yeah sorry so the red enemies can only be killed by using the freeze um tool but you only have a certain uh you know amount of freeze in you well, not in you but in the in the tank um yeah so these enemies are running towards you if you don't use the freeze at the right time You'll get attacked, blah blah blah, you know, and then and then there's groups of them around you, and there's moments where it'll give you different uh, or harder e enemies, and they kind of spawn in random spots, right? So the spot that I showed you just before is there's that kind of bigger red-looking dude, and he can kind of teleport, right? And he can shoot like these like electricity kind of things 
at you. So I was trying to deal with the two enemies that are rushing towards me, trying to freeze them so I didn't get attacked because I only had one hit of health left. But this red, this bigger red guy kept spawning behind me, right? And just, so you got to kind of try and manage. It's just a bit chaotic. And when you run out of bullets, and you switch between weapons, it takes that extra split second too long. You know, you just, just, just little things like that. Uh, I've not finished it, but I reckon I'm bordering on a five and a half, maybe even a six again. Um, because I actually was enjoying it up until that moment. Like I was having a, a decent enough time, right, for what it was. And that was only probably four and a half hours into the game, maybe five hours into the game. I can't, I've kind of lost track now. but So it's not like an overly long game, but it's just that one moment here now where I've got no health It's and the checkpointing is rooted, right? Like there's no like smart checkpointing in this game. Like you would have thought after that second wave of enemies that I'm currently at, that is a a smart spot to have like an auto save checkpoint um but no and then so i actually beat them all got through it all and there's a save point right and i'm like i'm just exploring the area hoping to find some more health because at this stage i've already lost all the stuff I'd, that i'd got turned into a corner ran ran right to and to one of the enemies in the room killed me i went right back to the start we're going to fight off these two waves of people again so just little, like little things like that uh, and the story and voice acting is pretty bad. Uh, five and a half, maybe a six. Haven't decided yet, but the review will tell the full story when it goes up. Shout out. Is it too close to like those classic Resident Evils in terms of that sort of awkwardness? Is that the problem with it, do you think? No, I think actually think it's it's quite good. It's like, it, it, so I think my open, well, the opening line in, in my review is like, you know, imitation is the best form, you know, whatever is the best form of flattery. But this is like shopping. This is like shopping at Aldi, right? You see like all the different food brands that you go, oh yeah, Cocoa Pops. But it's like you get up close and it's like <laughs> Cocoa Chips or something, right? You know. This is your wish.com resume. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, right. Even like the, you know, RE2 and 4 remake, the locker locks, where you do like the, 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 like the three combination lockers, they are identical yeah. in this game. Ah. Like identical. There is parts of this game that are like, just copied. Shout out to um, Capcom. There's like save points that are like these little like terminals and you can manually save like a typewriter. Um, and you, uh, by the way, you only have two weapons. You only have a shotgun and your little m machine gun. Uh, and there's a bunch of upgrades you can get for your little frosting. So there's like a frost bullet you can shoot out, which stops them kind of coming. There's a shield, which I found completely ineffective at all. And I'm so glad I died. Uh, after using that upgrade because I, I could go back and use the terminal again because once you do an upgrade in the game um the terminal is you can't active you can't use it now so yeah there's just some not good design in this game fair enough but the atmosphere and stuff is is uh, pretty cool pretty cool and there's a dude who looks like um god i have i've forgotten his name oppenheimer man what's his name Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy. He looks like yeah. I'll show you. I took a screenshot. I'll show you Daymare. Oppenheimer man. Daymare Killian Murphy. I'll show you them. Anyway, has anyone else been? Mark, you've been. You got something very exciting to talk about. I'm excited for you. But yeah, uh, speaking of uh, speaking of a video game that uh, mimics and or is a tribute to the past, uh, Sea of Stars. Uh, this is a 16-bit uh, era esque. RPG, like a traditional RPG, is by Sabotage Studio. A uh, question for the people in the room. If, has anyone played The Messenger? Mm -mm. Yes, I have. Good. It's excellent. 
It is excellent. This that was their f- debut uh, title. It's a Canadian studio, I believe, about five years ago. This is technically a prequel to that. It is set in a similar world. Oh, it's connected. It is connected. Uh, Didn't but expect that. It's kind of loose connected. I'll explain in, in a moment. But if you have played The Messenger, you kind of get a general idea as to what Sea of Stars is. It's very much a tribute to the past in terms of uh, you know mimicking those original concepts of, in this case, Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy VI, you know, Secret of Mana, Secret of Evermore, etc. But it does have a lot of uh, modern concepts as well. Uh, just the way it's designed and played. Essentially, it feels like what you would expect it from the outset, but the more you play it, and I mentioned this in my review, the more hours I put into it, the more it felt like something of its own. It felt original and creative in the way it plays. Um, Long story short, the narrative is you play two particular characters who are solstice warriors. They are two characters who are using power of both the moon and the sun. You have to use their abilities to go through this uh, world and essentially save it from all these massive bad guys and so on and so forth. It's kind of basic in terms of the storytelling, but the characters themselves make it worthwhile. There's a lot of great uh, dialogue pieces. It's not voice acted. It is very 16-bit RPG-ish in terms of the text and so forth, but it flies along. It's such a nice, rounded story. It just flows very, very well. Uh, and you play three characters at a time. You can switch uh, at any point. You're not uh, in the way or have any uh, issues in terms of switching characters in and out at any t- at any point in time. And you can use their abilities as you would traditional turn-based RPG. If you've played any of the old ones, it kind of plays similar to those. But there are some specific differences. Uh, so in most cases, you have the abilities to combo uh, which can build up a little combo meter the more you attack. Uh, your magic meter, your MP, uh, builds up. You don't really use any potions to heal it necessarily, although you can use food, but it builds up the more you just use a standard attack and or if you block or dodge incoming attacks as well. And all the enemies have little meters, little cl- uh, TikTok clocks above their heads that tick down to when their turn is. But beyond that, you can also then uh, counter any attack with a, it's kind of like a, what's the easiest way to say it? Probably like a casino roulette wheel, I suppose, in a way. You have four or five little blocks above an enemy's head that'll appear randomly every once in a while during a fight. If you use the right abilities that link to each one, so say, for example, there's a sword, so you have to use attack with a sword. If there's a... Uh, a symbol for venom, like a purple venom. You have to use attack with venom. If you do all those attacks correctly before they attack, they don't. Essentially, it blocks out their attack completely and counters it. Um, And it's a nice sort of flow in terms of the way that combat evolves over time. There's some really, really good abilities. I, uh, on most occasions, would start by putting up a shield for all three of my characters. Uh, There's one other character then who can also... Uh, prevent anyone from attacking and push their turn back by like two or three points uh, and little things like that. It's it's much easier to explain it if you actually play it and watch it. But for the most part, if you have played the traditional turn-based RPGs, you're kind of already there. You, you know how yeah, it is. 
it sounds a little bit like Octopath, where it's like, hey, here's some boxes. If you can do these attacks and light up these boxes, boom, you've broken it. You've yeah, you've it, counted them this turn. Yeah, it pretty much flows in that same sort of way. Uh, beyond that, for me, I think it was just the way the story progresses. There's some very nice uh, uh, piece of dialogue. There's a nice sort of uh, twist and turns. And the reason why I mentioned The Messenger uh, I won't spoil it, but there is a point in that game, and Adam knows this, where it completely changes halfway through. Uh, it becomes something far beyond what you originally anticipated. And Sea of Stars has a similar moment. It's not quite on the same level, but there are definitely uh, moments in the story and the moments in presentation that blew me away. Like I was not expecting it. Uh, and it just adds to that experience even further. It's a fantastic game. I, I have so much... Uh, love and respect for for the development team for putting the effort in. You clearly can see how much work they put into the design of every character. The boss battles are all epic. There's some fantastic chiptune music as well. But it has a lot of uh, modern sensibilities throughout and little bits and pieces throughout that sort of add to the experience. There's a lot more uh, visual panache that you would expect from a traditional 16-bit RPG as well. So it's a good marriage between old and new, and it works very, very well. Um, I've given it, because the review has dropped by now on the podcast, uh, 9.5 out of 10. Woo, huge. Uh, very, very big. Uh, there were some slight things I, I wasn't a big fan of. There is a particular mini game, which looks great. Not quite as good as it could have been. It could have been streamlined a bit. Uh, there's also some relics you can find throughout the game, which can make it easier to play. So there are certain things you can choose in the settings where you can go, okay, well, let's reduce the amount of damage I take in a battle. Or at the end of every battle I go through, automatically heal my party. So I don't have to go to a, a, a save point or a camp and real heal up every time. But a lot of those you have to find in the world. You have to go to specific stores and purchase them. So you start with three, and there's one basic one which I think reduces the damage by about 30%. There's one later on which dam uh, reduces it by about 50%. Uh, which is great for beginners. It would have been really, really nice if that had just been an option. Um, it it kind of does. They kind of sound like quality of life options, but you yeah. have to play the games to such a point where they may no longer be quite as relevant. It's it's not too difficult to find them. Uh, and you do have to use in-game, the in-game currency, like the coins that you find to purchase them. But it would have been great, kind of like Rogue Legacy 2, which I mentioned in my review as well, where Rogue Legacy 2 has some fantastic options to make the game the way you want to play it, straight out of the box. It would have been great if that had been the same here. Uh, but that's really like a minor gripe because it's not too difficult a game. A lot of the boss battles, I didn't really struggle too much with them. I didn't die very often. Uh, I also kind of found that flow of storytelling, progression, the, the, way the, uh, the way you progress through each level is more platformy than it is traditional RPG. You, you have like a rope dart, you have climbing abilities and that sort of stuff. Uh, it just flows very, very nicely. I never felt like it takes about, like average about 30 hours seems to be the average for finishing the game, which is relatively short for an RPG, but it goes at a nice pace. Uh, I never found myself having to go back and forth to locations like the old school RPGs where I'd have to be like, well, I've got to go back to this island to get this thing to unlock something on this other island. It doesn't happen very often at all, and it just goes so, so well. And the story is really, really good. Uh, and there are some characters that I, I genuinely did fall in love with. I think they're fantastic. Uh, well animated, 
I would have loved some voice acting. I think it would have been a nice little touch, but ultimately, I mean, 9.5 out of 10, I have absolutely no real complaints. It's fantastic. Question for you. Yeah. Um, does it have any memorable villains? Sounds like an odd question, but I like this era for the stories of heroes versus villains that it tells. Well, this is, this is why I bring up The Messenger and why it is considered technically a prequel. Uh, Adam, okay. I, 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 <laughs> I understand now. You understand. You understand. There are some particular references, and they say, like, Sabotage Studio have come out and said, hey, you don't need to play The Messenger to love this game, and that's true. But if you have played The Messenger, you get some really, really cool little tidbits and links to uh. that world. Um, maybe it, I don't. I don't want to spoil it too much, but there is also one particular area that is very, very familiar and there's some music that plays that is also very familiar. And I just got it. Being a, someone who's played Messenger, I got a real kick out of that. Um, so yes, but the the villains are very good. There's some very uh, very well played. It is kind of cliche to a point, but again, Sabotage have this this way of creating really really good dialogue. It's not necessarily cheesy. It's actually quite compelling, and that plays really well into the main villains that play into this role. Some of the twists and turns as well, I generally didn't expect. So yes, very good. And the boss battles are fantastic as well. And that plays a big part in just making it more entertaining and wanting to get to the next bit. Nice. That one's, re yeah, it's reviewing really well. It's on uh, 90 on Open It Creed. is. So um, it's amazing. It's been a great yeah. story too. They, they kickstarted it um, after Messenger came out uh, and it has had... Uh, a really good run in terms of uh, press and so forth leading up to this. Being on Game Pass and PlayStation Plus, I believe, is also yeah. a really big plus for that game. So I really hope it's going to be up there in terms of the Game of Year story uh, or the narrative at the end of the year. It's Fingers their first um, self-published title as well, which is really cool. Messenger being published by Devolver and then Devolver. Them going into self-publishing this time around. It's always good to see them take that big jump and it, pay off so that's awesome yeah. i'm yeah. all all kinds of keen after it's hearing you talk definitely about one it. of the yeah definitely one of the best uh stories in terms of self-publishing this year for you. nice all right well we're gonna just take a quick little break and sidestep and let past us jump into a conversation we had the other day before james left us uh he's gonna talk about starfield so Enjoy our Starfield review conversation and we'll be back with you after that. Alrighty, we are here with the gang. James, you have a special treat for us. Talk to us about Starfield. Starfield. This is a, I mean, like, this is a pretty big one to talk about, right? This is Bethesda's first new IP in 17 odd years. I think this is correct. Um, you know, it's, there's a lot of expectations around it. I think from the market, from just Bethesda fans, uh, there's a lot going into this one and I have come out the other end pretty high on it. I enjoyed it. Like I, it's a strange one. There are a lot of, uh, caveats I think to to how I like this game um I think that it is some of Bethesda's best work in some regards and some pretty you know average genre pastiche in in others um it is 
not not quite a mixed bag because I, I think that on paper these problems can go either way for the player, right? For me personally, they melted away in the face of this sort of enjoyment that I felt from the game. Um, but you know, I think it's going to be an interesting one about where this lands with people for sure. So can we just do a quick whip around? Who is going to be playing Starfield when it comes out, or who who's been keen for Starfield? I'm I'm I've got a mild interest. I'll check it out on on uh, Game Pass. Rhiannon? Yes. Let's hear um, it. <laughs> um, as some people know, I'm uh, collaborating with Bethesda and Game on Cancer. Um, I'm going to be raising money during September um, surrounding Starfield. Um, Which is awesome, I, by the way. That's thank awesome. you. Thank you very much. Um, I think it's a great cause and, um, you know, piggybacking off the, the buzz that's around Starfield is definitely, you know, big brain move. Uh, so definitely uh, check that out. Um I I am excited for Starfield. I'm excited because number one, lots of people know that I'm a science teacher. I love space. And I'll be interested to see how accurate or how you know how the law <laughs> fits fits in with uh with science, which I think uh, I think will be interesting. And I'll definitely probably have a lot of critiques um, myself. When I when I play the game, I've been um, lucky enough to uh, receive a early access pass through Keymailer. Uh, so I'll be playing it next. Well, hold on. When is this coming out? Friday. Um, uh, yeah. And yeah. We're all just doing the math on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, well, anyway, regardless, I'll be playing Starfield next Friday, um, and I'm really looking forward to it um, as both a star fan, st like a space fan. And an and an Xbox fan, but I do I do have my I, I do have some things that do bother me, and I'm <laughs> sure things. and I'm sure we'll get into those a, a lot later. I'll stop talking now. Adam, you don't have Game Pass, but you do have a PC. Sorry, I do. You're you don't right. have an Xbox. Sorry, but you do have a PC. Is is what I meant. Are you Correct. excited for for Starfield? Um, I'm excited for other people to play it <laughs> myself personally. I'm not like, I'm, I'm just keen to see where it lands in the, the broader landscape. I'm not dying to, to play it myself. I think maybe a couple months slash years down the track, I'll jump in, but on launch it's, it's not super grabbing me, but I'm very, very curious is probably where I'm at. And big Hennessy, where do you, where do you sit? You in the cockpit, baby? I'm probably right there with you, Zach. Look, uh, kind of a bit of a fence sitter here, so I could think I could fall either way. Probably won't play this one on day one, uh, but I've just sort of recently-ish built a new computer, and if this sort of turns out to perform really nicely on PC, uh, that would definitely be something that I'd want to sort of grease the wheels in this new machine with. So that might be what I'm hanging out for. I'll, I guess I'll wait to see what the early verdicts are on the PC performance. I don't have active Game Pass at the moment. Um, so unless people are really pushing me, I uh, probably won't renew it just to play this on, on launch. Cool. cool. All right, let's get stuck mm. Stuck into it. Yeah, that's an interesting point to start on, I guess. So I feel like Bethesda games have a bit of a reputation for their launch quality, right? Like it's it's sort of a known conversation yeah. in a lot of our spaces. Um, I played this on a Series X and it was pretty polished. Uh, there are there were a couple of smaller bugs towards the end of my run with it. I'm not sure if that's like memory bleed kind of situation that tends to always happen with these big open world games or open 
star system, whatever the fuck. Um, but you know, there are a lot of patches coming out. I've read through those patch notes and they even address some of the things that I saw. So it does seem like there has been a good push behind this to make sure that this is sort of like that, that quality product that Xbox I think really needs right now in the market. Um, the game itself is, there's, there's like a few different ways that we can sort of approach this. Um, it being Starfield, I feel like the space exploration is probably is sort of the headline thing. I know it's been a lot of the, the headline of the marketing. Um, it is really beautiful in its representation of this sort of like galaxy that you can explore. You know, that NASA punk technology that they've got going on means that it's not overly fantastical either. You're going to be balancing things like hyperdrive and fuel and stuff like that to get between star systems to explore those procedurally generated planets and obviously the authored ones as well. Um, it is a strange encapsulation of, I think, what Bethesda does really well um, in that they make really good considered open worlds, but they are inherently limited, right? Like Skyrim is a continent and it feels big and it feels massive, but you do ultimately have a limit to that play space, right? Um, and with Starfield, this whole concept of like, you know, over a thousand planets and stuff, what they've done is essentially taken the best of their work and scattered it in a few different directions, mm-hmm. um, which has a, a varying sort of impact on, on the moment to moment play. There are some times when the distance between things feels really wonderful and there are other times where it quite doesn't. Rhiannon? Yeah, I I was just going to say, like, that was probably one of my concerns uh, for the game is that because of this procedural generation and this 1,000 planets where I meet a particular NPC or where I mine a particular thing or whatever it might be, another player's not going to find it there. Um, And, and, yeah, how how did you find that? Did it feel like there was too much space between things or...? Um, uh, yes and no. So there is technically a lot of space between things, right? Especially, you know, system to system, planet to planet. There are gaps between these things technically. Um, but the way the game doesn't force you to interact with that space, right? I feel like No Man's Sky is, is part of this conversation because of the way it handles the ethos design of, you know, the sort of gaping more of space that you've got between you and and something else mm-hmm. when you're in a, a galactic solar system, right? And that space is part of the emotional reality of it. Um, and what Starfield does instead is it goes for more of a approachable and uh, convenient way, which is that fast travel is still fast travel. You will just whip across the galaxy with a press of a button most of the time. Um, there are certain places you can't fast travel out of, but let's say that like you're on a planet and you need to get to uh, another planet that's, you know, uh, you know, 12 galaxies or 12 systems away, right? If you were to do that through the actual galaxy hub menu, you would need to chart your course through the systems. You need to allocate fuel for it. You would mm-hmm. need to engage with those systems, right? But if you're just casually hanging out on a planet, you pull up your quest log, go show on map, hold down X, you're there. It just happens. Um, and so it, it, you can player impose, I guess, some of these systems onto yourself. And there were times that I did and I really enjoyed those moments, right? But there were also a lot of times where it's like, I don't want to, like, it's 11 o'clock at night. I don't want to necessarily figure out another jump path right now. This kind of opens up a question that I have for, for a bit later on, right? And because we'll talk about the main quest line length. Does this, uh, is this an accessible or a smart way of designing the game, given that you have those both options for people, I guess, like like us that are quite, that are quite time mm-hmm. poor? So, you know, you're not bogged down by, and, I, and I'll use Red Dead 2 as an example, just because it's the first one mm. that comes to my mind, but you're spending a lot of time moving between one quest to another or, you know, one objective to another, right? And that's mm. what bogged that game down for, for me. And that's why it took me forever to finish, right? But if I just had yeah. that ability just to go bang, bang, 
Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, and, I, and I'm keeping that momentum too. Yeah, no, totally. And I think that I, I like the way Red Dead does it, right? Where there are fast travel points, but they are fixed points on the map, right? And so you can slightly work your way around some of those systems, but you have to put in a little bit of work to get to that point, right? And if Starfield had had like the, the jump gates from uh, Mass Effect or something like that, where you just had to get to a relatively nearby system to do a fast travel, I think that would have been a good way to maybe mitigate some of what I'm feeling here because it's very convenient and it's it's a lot funner, quote unquote, this way. I think as a product, it works better. As an art piece, I think it undercuts the the core thesis, which is, hey, there's a big galaxy. You need to go out and explore it and you're going to get lost sometimes because you can never get lost in Starfield. Okay, so can I just confirm something? So the galaxy doesn't unlock fast travel over time as you explore it. So, for example, if you're you're doing a quest on one planet in one system and it says go to this planet, you go, mm-hmm. you have to, like I would imagine you would have to mm-hmm. go in your spaceship and go to that planet, however long that took. But once you went there, you unlocked mm-hmm. it so you could fast travel back and forth between. Is that the reality of Starfield? From memory, yes. Um, honestly, there was a, there was a, and that's the other thing about Starfield. There's a lot of menu hopping, and so it's difficult for me to sit here and say that like I distinctly remember it being that way because across the, you know, fifteen odd hours it took me to complete the main campaign, uh, so much of that was spent in those menus. Um, I would just I assume that is how it's built because um, that would make sense to me anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it is still. It's a, it's a lot of menu hopping. And I think this is one of my bigger critiques of, of the game is that for an experience that is built around the, the beauty and the, the depth and breadth of space, right? A lot of what you're doing is just drilling down through UI elements to jump to the next place, right? Um, so the, the ship combat and the ship sort of exploration, right? You jump into a system, you pick a planet in that system and you appear over the planet, right? Which is a lot of the footage that we've seen of, of space combat. Um, you don't, fly to the planet to land. You don't fly to the planet you can see over there to get to that next planet. You have sort of a small bubble around you in which you can pilot your ship. And in that bubble, there's oftentimes, you know, there's combat, there's places to like little star, um, not star, like um, space stations to land on that you can dock with and all that sort of stuff. But it's all very contained in, in that particular zone. There's no actual freeform exploration through a solar system. Um, and so that I did find a little bit disappointing because it felt like the ship stuff was sort of inherently a bit like uh, kneecapped in, in that regard because you never really get to go anywhere. You just feel like your ship stays in one place, choose a menu, everything around you changes, and then you do it again. Um, and so it's, you know, you can do a lot of things to that ship. Um, and to Bethesda's credit, it's entirely optional, right? Like they they put so much work into that ship customization. I had a pretty good time doing it. It's a little clunky. It's, it's Bethesda. Um, but there are a lot of options there if you do want to engage with it. But you can just choose to not do it as well. The main quest makes you upgrade your fuel drive, I think, once towards the end. And that's pretty much it. Um, so the ship stuff ends up being both mostly optional because of the menus and then the the customization is pretty optional ship combat is it's fine it, it is what it is it's shooting it's blasting around it's it's not particularly amazing but it's not offensive either um and it just coalesces into the space element of starfield ends up feeling a little wobblier than i would have liked the comparisons to no man's sky are going to come they've already come mm-hmm. have you yeah. played no man's sky much i have i have played. Yeah. okay how for ship related stuff uh, how do the two compare? If, if people were looking for some sort of understanding of mm-hmm. of uh, what um, it is, 
I think Starfield is is much closer to I think what a lot of people wanted from No Man's Sky initially anyway like the degree of granularity that you can get onto on your ship customization I think is exactly what sci-fi nerds really dig into it's what I loved about this as well like even though it wasn't for me necessarily and I chose to ignore it most of the time when I did dive in there it, it gave me my little like nerd sci-fi fantasy feeling so yeah can you uh mm. can you give us a bit of a bit of a rundown on what the power fantasy was like for you obviously you've progressed through the games the the games had to mm. sort of build you up and whether that means more firepower more gear how how does going through yeah. the world and having that progression feel is it yeah um it's it, okay it's just going to depend on if you enjoy the combat or not mm. um and i think that this is maybe slightly less good feeling than fallout 4 did um you know i think fallout 4 was not a particularly great rpg but it was a really solid little open world action uh you know gather up a bunch of shit kind of game um and and this because its attention is split in so many different directions i'm not sure if that's why it's kind of ended up the way that it has but the guns are very light on their feet like you know when we talk about impact with with weapons is such a massive thing in a shooter um and you don't get a lot of that here enemies are quite spongy and they're they're very not very tactile they don't necessarily feel like they're part of the world um there are a fuckload of guns though like and i liked all of the guns like they are beautifully modeled really creative ideas for some of them i think the combination of sort of lo-fi tech and sci-fi stuff is is very interestingly done um there's a lot of stuff in combat that they haven't shown off in the trailers um that makes it better um, there, there are, there's a lot of little flavor elements going on in this game, um, that you will organically discover as you progress through it. I can't talk about them because of the embargo. Um, but there is stuff in there to kind of mitigate, I think what is otherwise, a you know, a, a pretty perfunctory kind of gun system. Um, and so the, the power curve that you go on across this game is to me much more about the, the RPG elements than the, the action elements. Right. And on the back of that, how often did you find the game sort of tugging you off on the beaten path? Was it tempting um, to even do so? What leave the beaten path? Yeah, like just follow, like just go off Side on your own quest. little nook because something yeah. there's something on the side that's caught your attention. Because I'm concerned that there's this greater sense of space, and we've got this procedural generation occurring somewhere in there. How often does the game like authentically pull your attention away mm -hmm. to something else? It's you know optional yeah. but interesting. Um, pretty often, I would say, uh, I think that Starfield, and, and this is kind of like, I know I've spent the past 10 minutes kind of like ragging on some systemic problems in Starfield, but like, it doesn't change the fact that, you know, when I sat down to play it, I was just pretty enamored with exploring this world or, or these worlds. Right. And it's because that main quest is actually pretty compelling this time. Um, and beyond that, there are several times throughout the main quest where you will do something for the main quest and it will trigger a, a quest reaction for something else that's going on and then that will suddenly invade your space and say hey do you want to come do this as well um in ways that i thought were quite cinematic for a bethesda game um the the organic extension of one quest to another where i thought like i'm just going to do this simple thing turns into something else and then it mm. turns into something else entirely by the end of that and at no point did it ever feel with a couple of really rare exceptions. At no point it was kind of like, I can see the, the strings being pulled on me here. It was just, huh, that's neat, over and over and over again, oh um, which was a really goodness. nice feeling. It's that Bethesda <laughs> magic, you know? Yeah, for sure. Can I ask, what actually is the story in Bethesda? Like, like what's the, the baseline premise? Because I actually don't even know what mm -hmm. this game is about. Like, what's the quest, the main quest, sorry? S 
So the, the quest is you start off life as a, like a humdrum miner. You obviously, the, the, the character creator is pretty robust and you can choose a lot of your backstory, but it doesn't change the fact that you, you'll begin this game as a, on a little mining planet in a backwater place. Um, and you uncover what is known as an artifact, which are these kind of like strange bits of metal that emanate energy. Uh, it has a reaction to you. You get some visions of some, some weird cool shit going on somewhere in the world in the, in the galaxy. Uh, and then constellation shows up and constellation is sort of the main faction of the game. They say to you, here's a ship, here's some credits, go out into the world, do whatever you want to do. But at the end of the day, please come back to us and deliver us these artifacts. And so the basic framing of the game is just, here's a big open galaxy, go and find the artifacts, bring them back to constellation. Every time you do that, if you like, collect four of them, let's say, the story will progress onto the next major sort of plot beat for that Constellation quest line. Um, and so it's very freeing in that sense. I think that what they've done with Constellation is genuinely pretty well written and amusing. It's warm where it needs to be. I liked that little group of people, but I also liked that um, that main plot doesn't necessarily tie you up at any point. It, they're always explicitly in the beginning, at least saying to you, you can go and do whatever you want. Please just come back to us at the end of it. Um, and so I think that the main plot is is decent. I liked the characters, but it's obviously not. It, it's a it's a Bethesda main plot. It exists to sort of like expand you out into the world. And how long did it take you to to get through that main quest story? I would say you could spend anywhere from ten to fifteen hours on that main story. Um, it's it's pretty substantial. Um, I think it runs you through like most Bethesda games. It runs you through a lot of the better parts of sort of the the machinations of, of Skyrim. Um, I will say like along that quest line though, there was like a, a you know, half a, half a dozen, like at least three or four factions I didn't meet though. So I had to go off and find them myself. And so there is obviously a fair bit still on the edges of that main quest line, um, but it's, it's meaty. If you were to play just through the main story mm -hmm. and then move on to the next thing, how much of a game yeah. do you think you're missing out on? Oh, a huge amount. Like there is, you know, the, the way they talk about this game in marketing, I think it's it's easy to be skeptical of it, but I it being it's sort of cooking for them as long as it has been, they have put a lot into this game. I don't think it's all going to be as good a quality as what I've seen necessarily. There's so much I didn't see. Um, but, you know, that that's a Bethesda game through and through. There's always going to be some filler. There's always going to be some, some jewels. Um, it's just a matter of player investing the time to find those things. Are there any elements that you found in the game that were particularly grindy or um, kind of you, you had to put a lot of effort into, like perhaps um, yeah. mining resources and things like that? Um, a, a little bit. The, the way it handles the skill tree is not to my liking necessarily. So um, a lot of stuff to do with your, your ship, like, you know, um, maneuverability, boosting speed, stuff like that are all skills you have to unlock, sort of like in like a piloting skill tree. Um, but that obviously meant that if I was doing that, I wasn't putting skills into health, uh, stamina, you know, the other abilities that you get throughout the game, the lock picking, like there's so many things that you have to ignore to do other things in that skill tree. And so you do end up having to kind of like, I wouldn't say I, I grinded for anything necessarily, but I did feel like the kind of like progression through the experience was a little wobbly because of how, how thinly stretched you have to be. Does, does that mean that there's a limit to your character's ability? Do you have to, okay. So let's say I complete the story on one character um, mm -hmm. and let's say I've gone like more piloting proficiency or something like that. Am I able yeah. to then go back and fill up the other areas of the tree? Can I have a full tree yes. or is it just- I, I would imagine like you that? could have a full tree. 
Yeah, I, I think that there's probably stuff in here, like the, um, I forget what they called them in Fallout 4, but those quests that like always just give you new things to do because they're kind of like automated. Um, yeah. So I imagine if you just kept running those, you could keep pumping your points. Um, and then obviously New Game Plus as well, you carry everything over. Um, and so you could just build up again from there. Okay. Yeah. Just on New Game Plus, because I know that you've mentioned it to me, but I read, oh my God, I can't remember the exact article, uh, the headline, but it was like, Todd Howard or, or, or someone says mm. that the way they handle New Game Plus is different or it's a twist or it's new or I can't remember the yeah. exact wording, but uh, mm -hmm. you, I think you said yourself there's a bit of a twist on it. There is, um, which again, obviously I can't talk about and I wouldn't want to spoil it anyway, <laughs> um, but I liked how it was handled thematically, I guess. Like as uh, somebody who really appreciates kind of the artistic components of a video game like I, I think that the way this does new game plus is very 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 good um mechanically i can see it rubbing some people the wrong way a little bit because it's not a traditional new game plus experience it's kind of like a yeah i don't know it's hard to explain um but yeah it does interesting things um i don't think it's going to work for everybody it did work for me but that's because i was bought into the uh, experience of starfield more so than the game of starfield does that make sense yeah definitely um mm. there is um obviously some people are going to go into this uh it might be their first bethesda game it might be you know they might be very well versed in bethesda games mm -hmm. um looking at all the different kinds of um ways to purchase this game uh mm. and the different collect collectibles and things like that how much do you think that they're worth it um mm. for for people because i know there's mentioned of shattered space story expansion upon release um oh okay right i wasn't even aware of that um but okay, okay. yeah um no i mean so you, were you talking about like the like yeah, the so watch and stuff like that well no there's like in in-game skins and, and things like that oh are okay. those restricted are they specially locked to those additions or I didn't notice anything. I think the code that I had did give me access to the, like the, the, the nice edition yeah. of the digital download. Right. And so like there was yeah. an additional download. I tend to not do those for review cycles just because I figure okay. work with sort of what most people will be working with and then I can fuck around okay. with the other stuff later. Um, but from what I could tell, it was just like a cool outfit. Um, so I don't okay. think it's you know too crazy or anything like that. It's just a matter of how much you want to buy into like the, mm -hmm. the star field of it all, you know? And I think being a new IP is, it's a lot to ask people to buy into. Um, and I think that the, like the NASA core stuff that they've done, the kind of like artistic vision for this game is, uh, and I'll say this, and this is broadly something as well. Like it's very slow to start. Um, those first few hours, I didn't think I was enjoying myself very much. And I, pr I probably wasn't. Um, it, it took until around hour five, six, seven, when the world really starts to, you know, open up to you and, and you start getting a fuller understanding of what Bethesda have built here. Um, and they start adding new things into it. That's when it gets really interesting. But I think the opening is a little dry. I'll be honest. I want to ask about boots on the ground stuff. I know you, we've mm. we kind of roughly talked about it, but how is the actual, uh, missions on the planets like all, all the, the mm. gameplay itself like just yeah and um, and, yeah. and other planets like are they are they vastly different like you know i guess in no man's mm -hmm. sky like when i did play it for a handful of hours each planet was very felt very different different threats different whatnot um mm -hmm. how's that here um so the the planets are fine um the, the actual like 
constructed ones that Bethesda have made, I, I loved. I, I loved every single location I went to. I was stunned at how layered they were. Like every time I thought I found, you know, I went in as deep as I possibly could, I opened a door and there was a whole other like level to a city basically. Um, and so you get that experience a lot. Um, they, they've made some really big play spaces here. And, you know, aesthetically, I thought they were really interesting. They're quite varied. There's that Western town we've seen in the trailers. There's obviously the neon lit grungy kind of like backwater cities. Then there's the, the, the pristine stuff in the central sort of ring of the galaxy. And I think all that stuff, again, very genre pastiche, but very enjoyable, right, for what it is. Um, the procedurally generated planets, I don't really care for. I, I don't fully understand why they're here beyond... They do look cool when they're occupying sort of your, your big, you know, uh, galaxy map and everything. Um, but you land on them and it's just barren worlds. Like, it is exactly what they say it will be. Like, a lot of worlds mm. in space are empty, so these are empty. Which is fine, but, you know, why why be there? The main quest does take you to a fair few of them. Um, and at one point, I put this in my review as well, but, like, the idea is at a certain point in the story, you get told, find a sort of a, a hidden-ish world and build your base there, right? Build build a secure place. Um, and so I spent a fair bit of time bouncing around, finding somewhere that I thought looked aesthetically pleasing, checking the vegetation, you know, make sure it's by the water. You know, I, I wanted it to be my kind of base. Um, and so <laughs> I, I finally picked this place. And so you can sort of do like an orbital view, picked a spot, landed on the coastline, right? And it said an uninhabited planet. And then as soon as you land in a lot of these worlds, it just auto populates with shit for you to do in a oh, circumference around you. Okay. And so suddenly there was like a full mining facility that I could just see in the distance. I was like, come <laughs> on, man. Like, if you're going to tell me to find a, a lonely planet, let, let me find a lonely planet, right? And I think that the fear of giving players absolutely nothing to do on these planets is, is a very valid one. But I think if you'd had like one in every three gets populated, um, that would have been a bit more closer to the, the thesis statement of, of Starfield. That sounds really okay. annoying, to be honest. Um, it can be. It like really can I, be. Especially because, like, you. Sorry. sorry. No, no, that's okay. Like, no, if I if I if I make adjustments to a planet and then like I go off and do some things and I come back and then there's like stuff mm. everywhere. Like, what's the point? Like, what? yeah. I mean, I assume that like the whatever populates there is stagnant from that point on, like it becomes locked into your save file. And so if you clear out that base camp, it's probably going to stay cleared out, but it's still on the horizon. It's still fucking ugly. You know, it's, <laughs> it's not what you want. Right. Um, and I think that, you know, Zach about your, your sort of previous question as well, the kind of like boots on the ground stuff. Um, you know, it's, it's all relatively fine to explore combat. I didn't love, but it's fine. I never really love combat in a Bethesda game. It's more of a means to an end. Right. Um, I could have done with, uh, like a, a vehicle or something on these planets to, because you land and you're usually, you know, half a K out from whatever you need to get oh, to. And so the idea is like, go for a little jaunt through a low gravity forest as an alien clicks at your feet. And it's like, yeah, but you can only do that so many times before it becomes a bit, what are we doing here? Why am I sort of spending time constantly doing this? Um, but the quest stuff, the stuff in those populated locations, in the the you know, designed locations, loved all of that. that. That flows really, really nicely and feels really good. Cool. What about the jetpack? I didn't like the jetpack at all. Useless, useless unit. Adam, Great. speaking of useless Hello. units. <laughs> Savage. He hasn't said much. You know, I was, like, I was like, best jump in and interact a little bit and then I get slammed for it. Yeah, just smacked it down. Uh, yeah. Fuck you. Speaking combat-wise, uh, yeah. I know that in, not so much in Fallout, I suppose, but Elder Scrolls, you have different classes. There's different approaches that you have. Everyone ends up going Stealth Archer anyway because it's broken. Yep. Are there those kind of options 
in Starfield or is it more dependent on kind of the weapons you choose and the kit that you're using? Yeah, weapons, kit, and skills is all it is. There's no definitive yeah, cool. class. It's just a matter of you you build out what you want to build out. And so I think I started with like a you know a Han Solo type. So he was really good with pistols and he was really charismatic, right? And then I quickly realized I liked laser rifles, so I spec'd into laser rifles. Um, but there's nothing sort of inherently limiting about the options you can take into combat, which I think is really good because yeah. if it's going to feel this way, you should at least have the freedom to sort of do whatever you want with those systems. Um, so I do. Mm. I think they got that right. But I. I again i miss the specialization sometimes of that something like skyrim would offer you like being a rogue or a mage or, or whatever those were definitive roles that you played in a world um and starfield is much more about you know i think to its benefit a sense of freedom um but also it's it's just a choice that they made so yeah and are there options for like non-aggressive ways to go about things is it just kind of combat 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 or does it because i know like bethesda's not always known for having kind of workarounds but Mm -hmm. you know that's very popular in other rpgs like i don't know mass effect for instance so are there those sort of options in there scattered or is it just kind of shoot the guy in the face with a laser rifle there's there's a fair few i I would say i think that the main quest gives you a really good uh smattering of you know let's say there's a a pirate ship right that we need to board because they're they're holding an artifact that we need um and so you you can hail the ship if you bring a certain companion with you they have a previous relationship with the pirate so instead of being like ah let me aboard you can just be like hey i've got your mate here can we come aboard and have a chat and then the moment you get on board you can you know charismatically bribe some guards to sort of let you know a back way into his vault or whatever um you can talk to different people to find different ways through the ship and then with the actual pirate himself you can try to over the course of i think three or four charisma checks like talk him down and get him to kind of like offer up what he's got for you there i don't know if you could actually in that specific instance i still fucked it up even though i was very charismatic um (laughs) but there was a lot of quests where i did find that i could talk my way out of situations which is all i ever want from a bethesda game because i love interacting with these worlds in that way because the violence is not interesting it's just kind of like Mm. it's there and there's a lot of times in that main quest and another quest where it will force you to fight things um if you roll up to like uh that mining facility for example you're always going to get into a shootout you can't walk up and be like hey friends you know like there's no option for that it's just automatic combat all the time um that stuff gets a bit tiring but i did find that was mitigated a lot by the fact that i could just shoot the shit with almost anybody yeah right i've got Um before you jump in, Zach, because I'm I'm on a roll now. Here I am. <laughs> um, as far as like the resource gathering goes, because we've again going back to the No mm. Man's Sky comparisons, we've seen going to a, a planet, mining it for its resources. What are we What are we doing with the resources? Is this like a like a tradable thing? Is there commerce? Is it more um, like Is there a crafting system? What What are we Why are we getting these um, resources from these planets? My understanding is that a lot of it's tied to the ship stuff. Um, and so to, right, you know, yep. bolt a new thing onto your ship, you need X amount of zinc or whatever. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. Because I didn't choose to engage with a lot of that, I just missed a lot of it. Um, and that's yep. good, in my opinion. Like, I, I don't yeah. necessarily want a mining game from from Starfield. And the fact that I could not get it is is a good thing. Um, but if there's, if that is something that you are interested in, that system is very much there for you. Um, and you can go and barter. There's sort of like there's franchises across the galaxy where you can sell things out. It's got a kind of a quirkiness to it in that regard. Um, so there, there is obviously an economy churning away there. I just chose not to engage with it. Uh, my question is, 
are you alone the entire time? Or when you say you can go and build your own base, uh, mm-hmm. can you populate that with a population? Like, can you build a yes. town and, and have so a the, um, gang with you? Or? Uh, I'm not sure about the limits of, of that, but there are a lot of people throughout the galaxy who you'll go on like a, sh- a short quest with, or they'll be part of another quest that you're doing. And at some point they'll be like, I hate my life here. Can I come with you? And you can <laughs> bring them with you. Um, and so I think it was like a couple of hours in, there was a relatively cute dude. I was trying to play a gay guy because of course. Um, and he was like, I really don't like my job. Can I just fuck off into the stars with you? I was like, yeah, take a seat on my ship. And I just left him there the whole time. <laughs> like he just, he just sat there every time I walked through, he was like, captain. I was like, so you yes, had a little uh, a boyfriend. That's great. <laughs> a little boyfriend. Yeah. I, like I don't it. think I ever found a way to romance him, but it was nice having him there. Um, but yeah, so there, there's a lot of like <laughs> random people people you can bring onto your ship and I think they can do certain things they have like each NPC has a little like rating for like you know combat uh, medic that that kind of stuff um mm-hmm. so I, I I liked that system and then obviously the members of Constellation are all uh equipable NPCs like they, they can be brought onto your, to your team and they, they have much more to say obviously and they they can all be romanced as well Cool. I oh. love that you essentially used an NPC like a lamp. You just brought him into your living <laughs> space and you were like, sit in the corner, you look nice, that's all I need. Exactly right. <laughs> I didn't love the first ship, so I needed something to like zhuzh it up a little bit. And, uh, you know, <laughs> <Why> <laughs> a muscly twink was exactly what I needed in there. Um, <laughs> but then I will say though, I got, so later in the game, I got a second ship and I designed it more to my liking. It was a bit leaner. It was a bit more what I needed for sort of my purposes because I, I preferred traveling alone. Um, but he, he, you know, he came over, he did what he did. And I walked past him. He was like, it's a bit dull in this one. I was like, fuck man, <laughs> I'm getting nagged by an NPC. Well, you're not doing um, your job properly. Exactly. Then, are you? Yeah. Be a better <laughs> lamp. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, before we get to the verdict, is there any further questions? I got one more, but I wanted to, I want to ask it after the verdict. So. That's um, a big question. If you could have, okay, if you could, if you wished for one thing in this game, mm-hmm. in your experience, what would it be? Um, better combat, just in, in every regard. I wish the space yeah. combat was better. I wish the guns felt better because it, it's, it is a pretty big part of the game and it's not, it's not bad. It's just not good either. It's um, not satisfying. And- exactly yeah like i wanted to walk away from that being like oh yeah like i just did that like i I cleared out that camp and i feel good about it instead of being like oh god more combat um so yeah cool all right james what did uh what did you what are you going to score starfield i know that this is probably a few days out from the embargo so this may change the time yeah we won't hold you too much i I appreciate that thank you yeah i i don't I still don't know. I, I want to play it a little bit more. I, I want to sort of stew on it. But look, we're, we're maybe 8.5, maybe 8. It's it's in that realm, though. I think this is a pretty good game um, that I really enjoyed despite its problems. Um, and those problems, I think, are going to rear their heads in, in other people's reviews. And I think that's very valid as well. And I think other people are not going to care either. Um, it's, you know, kind of the beauty of a Bethesda game is that everyone takes a little bit of themselves into it. So, All right. So my question, it's a little bit of a loaded one. But uh, what I want to know is, is this the system seller, the big game that Xbox needs? The, is I... this the big win? Yeah, look, it's the first time I've played an Xbox exclusive where I've thought to myself, fuck, I wish this was on PlayStation. Um, so I would say that that is you know, a, a pretty good level uh, indicator of sort of where it's at. Like, I would love to be able to play this on my own console. Um, so, you know, I 
Yes, I guess it's big. It's big and it's loud and it's very pretty. Um, and I think that it's a very good magic trick that a lot of people are going to get quite a bit out of. Um, so I could see this being sort of the thing that at least starts to turn the narrative around for them. Like, I don't think it's ever going to like truly tip the ship. Nothing probably could as a single game, um, but it is the first like proper, okay, they, they did something here that there's value with. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Nice work. Well, Starfield, Dave. I, um, Au revoir, I say. I, 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 did ha- I did have a little caveat I, I wanted to say about that. Um, on, on Amazon, um, obviously... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> what was that? What? Nathan's launching himself. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Cats. Cats. Uh, so on Amazon, ah. s- someone actually passed this tweet around um, and it had the Xbox Series X... Um, it had it as the num as number five, like hashtag number five, mm. and sales rank was up eight hundred and seventy percent. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of like seeing the massive spike in Switch sales before uh, Tears of the Kingdom came out, right? I, yeah. I do think that this is the kind of game that does push people to get involved in in a console of their choosing. Um, and, you know, like I was talking to a mate um, and he was saying, you know, oh, if Starfield is good, like I will probably get an Xbox to play Elder Scrolls 6. Um, and so I think that it this game serves wow. a really good dual purpose of getting people I think back on board with Bethesda after Fallout 76 which obviously scared a lot of people off and also Fallout 4 was not a great RPG either so they've they've got a bit of ground to make up for here right Mm -hmm. and also just getting people interested in the idea of an Xbox because there's finally something on there that is sort of at the level of quality that I think requires a price of entry yeah fair enough yeah all right well James expensive yeah thanks for flying by and giving us your thoughts on Starfield of course and, uh, no problemo. Let's go back to the real show. Great job, everyone. Good talk about that. Was so, that's a great story. That, yeah. yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> How good. Where did you go, oh, Mark? Uh, look, I had to go to the bathroom and yeah, uh, fair call. Just, you know, I also I didn't want spoilers. You know, I'm going to play Starfield. I didn't want spoilers. Ah, that's fair call. Can't blame you. Can't blame you, indeed. All right, let's. Quickly, uh, jorts. Let's talk about the jorts. Hey, sorry, I was looking at something else. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I love those long pauses in podcasts. It's like, is the recording still going? Did they? Is something wrong with well, my phone? Did my, head, did my headphones die? No, it's just us. Is there something else exactly. we have to talk about? No, there isn't. Uh, jorts, Mark, what are you keen for? Actually, no, you just spoke for ages. Don't care. Nathan, what are you came for? <laughs> Can I speak for it? No, I won't. Uh, well, let I mean, me just this one quick. Yeah, I'll, I'll do a quick rundown on this one. So the first off, we've got Rune Factory 3 Special. Uh, it's coming, I think, September 5th. A bit more farming sim for the month. We've also got another farming sim by the name of My Time at Sandrock, which I think is also coming out at the end of September. In between, we've obviously got Starfield coming out the start of October, I think. What? I can speak for most of us here by saying... September. Uh, September, sorry. Yeah, I'm getting a month ahead of myself there. Uh, but for me, though, my personal picks is uh, Anonymous Code. It's a very dense sci-fi visual novel from the from Majors. So these are the folks that made like Steins Gate and Chaos Child and a bunch of other visual novels that become huge anime adaptations. Real dense sci-fi nerdy shit, so that's good for me. Uh, Bait and Katos, a 1 and 2 HD remaster, a couple yes. of GameCube titles. 
nice. really want to play them in the day. So mm-hmm. Never GameCube. And uh, this is the same studio that's gone to make Xenoblade Chronicles. Good shit. Lies of P, the Bloodborne Pinocchio looking game. I thought that was kind of an industry joke. Now it looks like it's kind of legit. So kind of got an eye on that one as well. Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty, souped up my PC. This one's going to be the kind of benchmark for it. So I really want to watch my PC bleed under this. And Payday 3 with, hopefully, we get a couple of people on the team. Maybe give that one a bit of a sink some time in. That'd be pretty funny. Uh, and I think that is me for the month. Cool. Very nice. Uh, well, that's pretty much everybody, isn't it? So. You know what you had, you games. didn't mention, Nathan, um, is the expansion to Cyberpunk 2077. Um, you did mention it. Really? <laughs> Sorry, you spoke so fast. Um, I, I tried. Well, yeah, anyway, it, it can be lengthy. I need, every game. Please do. Yeah, t- tell I, us what you're keen for, Rihanna. I I am keen for it because I haven't played Cyberpunk, so I think this is the time. I think this the is time the time. Um, if I can pry myself away from Starfield, I am going to give that a crack. Um, also, a game that I thought was coming out this month, and I don't know when it will come out, and it's kind of a little bit random, um, but there's an, in- <laughs> an Inspector Gadget game. Um, it's called I've Mad, seen that. Ta- Mad Time Party. Yeah. I'm a bit of a Inspector Gadget fan. So, really? M- With Matthew Broderick? <laughs> No, God, no, the original. You kidding me? Um, anyway, so, um, yeah, it's... It, <laughs> what, you don't... I don't think Zach actually think this, thinks this is a game um, when it actually is. Um, it was planned release for quarter three, 2023. So, um, so, yeah, I'm hoping to see that on the horizon very soon, even though yeah. how random yeah, it, that it's, is. Uh, it's called Inspector Gadget Mad Time Party. Mad Time Party. Mad Time Party. I think it's... Uh, but the MAD is like in capital, so I, I think it stands for something. So Oh, like M-A-D. Yeah. Some kind of like yeah. secret yeah. enemy organisation. It looks kind of open world as well. Yeah, I want to like uh, ride roller skates with huh. like a... <laughs> I am... I am Adam, I have face, heard of it. I haven't really looked at it. Your face yeah. is just... Just an open world Inspector Gadget game is not what I expected to ever hear. I know. (laughs) Scooting down the street, got like fidget spinners for his fingers. Yeah, yeah, it's a vibe. Definitely a good vibe. Uh, Anything else in the month you're keen for? Just those, just Inspector Gadget (laughs) and stuff. (laughs) No, No, I'm good. (laughs) I'm good. I'm, I'm broken. No I'm, comment. Yeah. I thought she was laughing because, like, of course, there's more interesting. Oh yeah, no, it's, yeah, Zach, way more. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we are so spoiled every month. Every month we're spoiled, we and Starfield is yes. an absolute Titanic iceberg of a game. You know. So it's gonna sink. It's a big one. You, you know what? Uh, you know what? There's uh, there's another Titanic <laughs> uh, game that's coming out. What? Not, everyone else is laughing, so I'm just gonna take this. Uh, Baldur's Gate Three is coming out on consoles, and I'm excited for that because I haven't played it yet. So that's on my list. I'm it's on PS5, it. and it's uh, coming out like two days after Starfield, I think. Yes. Early access version, at least. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just hoping eventually, eventually I'll probably play it on Xbox. Um, and I'm hoping that my cloud save transfers over. It should do, hey. I think they're working on that, yeah. Because they have said they're working on an Xbox mm. version as well. So yes. Fingers crossed. Yes. 
No, I yeah, think someone someone in the Twitterverse, Xverse, um, yeah. said that it will be coming. It's just apparently there was rumours that the Series S is the reason why it's being held back. Yeah, old Philly Spencer went into that. It's going to be coming to the Series S as well, but just not with couch co-op, like split screen yeah. co-op. Split uh, okay. They just couldn't get it to... And they, they want Optimize. parity across the two, but it, I mean, you can only do so much with the hardware. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think Larian's done. If they, if they can get it running, you know, with the concessions made, that's awesome. But yeah, it just won't have split screen. I don't think anyone will be too concerned by that. Really. It's honestly. a long game to want to play it on the couch for the mate. Yeah. Isn't, um, uh, just quickly, just quickly, a couple other games I was going to mention. Um, uh, where are we? Myth Force, which looks like the very cool sort of 80s cartoon inspired sort of He-Man shooter-esque sort of game. That looks really good. Uh, Liza P you mentioned, but I am genuinely curious about that. Uh, we'll yeah, see. Too. <laughs> um, shout out to Ash. Mortal Kombat 1 is this month. Very hey. excited to get into that. Uh, Bomb Rush Cyberpunk drops on other consoles outside of Switch or PC. Switch version, very excited to play it on PS5 with a frame rate that actually looks good. Uh, <laughs> and Cocoon is at the end of the month, which is another indie I'm very keen on. So, uh, and I've just made Adam very, very excited. So, um, it's a good month for me again. I'm very, I'm very keen for this one. Ben Kados as well is good. I might try that. But there's too much. There's too much, guys. Slow down. Mm. Well, there's more because Adam's going to share Adam, a couple of games as well. Well, did did Random miss one there, or did I? No, you. I just wasn't sure if we mentioned uh, EA Sports FC. We did not. Mm. I haven't been yeah. there. It's coming. Big, big shout yeah. outs. Huge shout yeah. outs. It's just FIFA again. Come on. How dare just, you? Don't, you can't say that. You can't yeah. say the F. That'll be September 29th. So just sneaking into the month of September. If they ever do an EAFC crossover UFC, then I might actually play it. Or the 22nd if you pay them more money. I just want well, to see yeah, hot chicks running around a football field. Like, sounds like a good time to me. And I think the Matildas, you know, with their success or lack of success. Anyway. Can you choose Sam Kerr as your main character? Is that what you're Oh, saying? yes. Please. Next year's story mode should be Sam Kerr. There you go. Well, it's definitely a conversation folks will be having. Mm. For sure. For sure. Adam, join the conversation. What games are you keen for? Are there any left, mate? I'll tell. <laughs> I'll ask. Just, are there any left? Here I am, sitting, waiting with a sit the fuck down, Zach. I was sitting here waiting with a bit, ready to burst in with Mortal Kombat. God damn it, Mark. But yes, um, Cocoon's the big one for me this this month. You're realistically, um, gorgeous little puzzle game. Uh, I've got a couple others, mainly Party Animals, which is more or less gang beasts, but with cute animals and it's coming to xbox and pc i eat that shit up i love the a good old i love a good old couch co-op party brawler so that'll definitely scratch that itch um and the one that zach won't care about Hellsweeper vr which is like a an action game in the the vr space you get sent to hell you've got a bunch of ridiculous weapons and you just go ham and it's in co-op so what a wonderful time you are right. I don't care. Speaking of VR, um, Rixie's going to have a VR review for um, Firewall Ultra up at some stage. Um, with Cocoon, in your review, can you like drop some lyrics for uh, Crazy Town Butterfly in there? 
Mate, Crazy Town Butterfly, fun fact, is one of my favourite songs of all yeah, time. So yes. Surprise yeah. me. You yeah, that's a yes. Loser. Absolutely. Um. <laughs> Fuck off. You're the one that suggests I'm not getting into this. Uh, I just, just kidding. I will not be baited. <sighs> just spread your What are you looking forward to this month, Zach? What are you looking forward to, what mate? Is... Why is it not Witchfire? Fucking no, hell, Mark. <laughs> God damn it, Mark. Get the fuck back, mate. Stop All right, see you, bye. Damn player. it. Uh, well, I'm, ke- I'm keen for EA Sports FC. I'm not sure if we mentioned that one. I'm not sure if we mentioned Witchfire either, but I'm campaigning for that. No, Halo we didn't A3. mention Witchfire. Mm-hmm. Witchfire, I'm very keen to see. It's, it's, yeah. It is only early access, so uh, mm. True. won't be fully judged. But I am very intrigued to see how the balance is between single player story and make you want to keep playing long time. I just want to uh, shoot a gun with one yeah. hand and like, you know, super magic spell with the other. But you should you know play, know. um, uh, Immortal Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you were like a cool, like Western witch hunter, like really, well, this is true. You, there's nothing cool about your character. Oh, in yeah, I kind of. Yeah, I need to build up my street cred, you know. I've got to play some cool <laughs> games sometimes. And I'm also very We're keen cool because hat. this is the people that made Vanishing of Ethan Carter. Yes, they made Bulletstorm, so there's that sort of pedigree there. But there's that. Uh, what else am I keen for? Um, crew Motorfest. The Crew yeah. Motorfest. I am keen for that. Maybe Nathan should just do my thoughts as well. Uh, I'm keen for the crew motor fest. Payday. Payday three. Chance of that. chance ch- chance of chance of chance of scenario. I'm I'm keen on. I'm keen to hear more about that when we can talk about that in a in a little bit of more days. detail. Uh, shout out to our uh, podcast editor Jordan. Also, uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet's DLC uh, Part One, I believe, drops this month as well, which mm. could be good. I actually forgot in my jorts piece, but the mini pieces of Mr. Koo is coming. That's that little crazy cartoon kooky oh, yeah. point click game that is uh, coming September 7th. And there was another game, but I can't seem to find it. Maybe there was another game. Maybe I made that up. Anyway, that's what we're, that's what we're all came for. You can check out the video that Ash will slap together. The article will be up. Have a good time with it. Um, you've deserved it. You, you've had that good time. Everyone deserves a good time. Let's go to the news, eh? James is not here to do the news, so you stuck with me. How good is that? Huge news this week. Massive news. We'll, we'll go with the biggest, probably. Uh, that is PlayStation Portal is the name for Project Q. We have a price and details and a release date, maybe. No, we don't have a release. We have a release window. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Adam, you're, you're somewhat keen for this. You You take lead on this. Baby. Yeah, relatively. It's I've I've been looking to potentially get a backbone controller to play my PlayStation from upstairs. Um, upstairs is where I work, and instead of working to earn money, I'd prefer to pretend to be working and play PlayStation games, preferably. Um, so this kind of slots into that space. It's a ah, oh, fantastic look. Rhiannon's just pulled a backbone controller out of the Nether, which is fantastic. Um, Complete in shrink, unopened, ready to go. Unreal. But yes, the the portal will have an 8-inch screen, 1080p resolution, 60 frames per second, 
all of those wonderful things. It's more or less a dual sense controller split in half. You whack a screen in the middle. It kind of looks like a, a weird switch. Um, but it's also going to be roughly 300 to $310, which is on the, it's on the pricier side. Like I understand for the, uh, I guess the tech that's in it, but it also doesn't have Bluetooth, which is very rough. Yeah. Which is so wild. is that you? You have to use the new Sony headsets. That we yes. Saw, right? So it's it's got proprietary. That's such a weird idea. Yeah, it's got proprietary software in it, more or less, that is connecting only to Sony product, oh, to PlayStation products, which is the new headset, which is the Pulse Elite or the Pulse Explore, which is the new uh, earbuds. I, uh, not a fan of it's, that. It's it. It feels purposefully antagonistic for mm. some ungodly reason, but it also needs to be connected to the PlayStation. You have to be locally. Connected. Yeah. 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 So your it's exactly needs the same to be as on. If, yeah, so it's exactly so the same if you, you have use in your uh, Wi-Fi in your vicinity, right? You wouldn't take. Yeah. It yes, yeah. not on can, the road, not a switch. You can use it away from your house if you have a strong enough internet connection. In Australia, no, you can't. Fucking ignore what I just said. You won't be able yeah. to do that. <laughs> when you um, when you say that, even let's just say that we do have that. Can you explain that to me? So as long as your PlayStation is connected to a Wi-Fi source and you are also connected to a Wi-Fi source, you'd be able to connect it that way. Right, your okay, PlayStation okay. would still turn on if okay. you have it connected to your okay. TV. So you RIP the people that are in your house because it would scare Sorry. the shit out of them. You'd still need to be connected <laughs> <Okay>. to Wi-Fi, <laughs> yeah. But nothing, zero, nothing gets stored on the device whatsoever. It doesn't have any internal storage. It's literally, it's a screen and a controller and... I'm going to be very interested to see if they can justify the the price tag. There have been a few previews. I know um, uh, Greg at Kind of Funny did a a preview of it and he was really impressed by it. Um, You can be as impressed as you like if you don't have to pay for it. I guess that's always the the kind of weird line that that us as as critics toe. Can I ask you a question though? Would you expect to listen to that segment and hear anything different? (laughs) <laughs> not mm, not Hashtag criticism because the only yeah. reason why I ask that is because the only thing I've seen of Greg Miller on Twitter X sorry sorry Elon don't ban me um, is that he tweeted the thing and said that's a shit move in regards to having no Bluetooth right and that's yeah. that's all I've seen and now you tell me he he's frothing it yeah look it he classic Greg on the on their um whatever I can't remember what their podcast is called, but it um podcast. If it's the Sony one, it's PS I Love You XO. That's so. it. That's oh, it. Yeah. That's the one. Um, he was. Shout out to, uh, it is. It is. It is a good name. Um, yeah, he was. He was pretty positive on it. Um, but obviously left room for there to be criticism down the track. They also haven't said anything about the battery life, which is really fucking concerning. Um, cause the battery life of the dual sense, just the controller alone is mediocre to probably be kind. So I, I did read somewhere that it's pretty much on par with a dual sense controller. Yeah. I, I saw Which isn't surprising they're either. aiming for. Mm, yeah. They scary. Every, pretty much everyone that went to do the preview, that was their first question and Sony were not willing to answer the question yet. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a weird bit of tech. I'm very keen to get hands on with it to see exactly what it's like. But yeah, it's an odd consumer product. That's for sure. Sounds shit. Just, I'm not gonna lie. 
Sorry. Yeah, just for context, uh, the two headsets they announced, the Pulse Elite is the updated version of the Pulse 3D headset. That's about 250 bucks Australian. And the Pulse Explore earbuds are about 300 so if you add it all together, it's about six hundred dollars to have the, the mm-hmm. device and the headset. It's yeah, you know, it's it's up there in price. You might as well get a freaking Steam Deck at that point. The only thing I will say that I've read, I saw it in passing somewhere, and I think I might have even seen it on Reddit as well. But um, oh, was it recent era? It was one of them. Um, they mentioned it's good if you have kids, so you can actually use because you can use the PlayStation and use this as separately. Yeah, correct? yeah. So. Yeah. So we're all thinking. No, like, no, you can't no. use the the console. Will has to the console will be running the same thing that is okay. shown on the. But you'd be able to like use the TV for other shit, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, like it, it. In theory, it all works really well, and I think the people who are using, um, SharePlay or whatever the fuck it's called, can attest to that. Because I mean, you can just sit in bed, play your PlayStation if it's downstairs or whatever. But it's just a high asking price to be able to do that with a, a PlayStation product. No one's gonna buy that yeah. for their kid. Like, come on. No, I think yeah, so I think expensive. it's more for the the parent who can yeah play it away from then the kids can I don't know do what kids do I don't know anything about kids. Yeah, <laughs> kid things. Throw rocks. Things. I don't know. Little shit. Oh yeah. Right, let's move on from that because we've. Uh, well, it's not that big of news. But when when's the release window? <laughs> Nah, it is pretty this year at some stage. Okay. Q four, I think. Q four so, twenty twenty three. We're running out yeah. of months, so it's it's soon. Yeah. Mm. All right, a couple other quick ones. You, we'll... you started that piece by saying it's the most important news. Of the yeah, week. no, no it's just no, 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 no. I think the next one is the important news of the week. Well, I would argue that too. <laughs> so, Fantastic has potentially renamed <laughs> the day before. Uh, so honestly, was... that's not the news I was expecting. But go ahead. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I did a bit of digging. Um, I thought, hey, what's happening over at the US trademark office? Why not? Um, of course you did. Give them a tingle. Well, yeah. this, like, this game, right, is November 10, and they're like sticking to that date. They're like, yeah, 100% coming out this this day. But there's a court, there's an ongoing court case that still is in play. Um, so they can't use the name. And it's, the game's still not back on Steam. So anyway... Turns out that they, earlier this month, they actually um, trademarked the name Dayworld, which is shit. Uh, (laughs) That's a a nice word. That's a bad name. Um, And it's also a trilogy of books by, I forgot the author's name, uh, but they started in 1985. I think the last one was like 91 or something like that, or 90. so let me just get the piece up. Sorry, uh, but yeah. So they followed this new trademark for um, for Dayworld. Uh, so it looks like they could potentially be open to changing the name, which they're probably going to need to. But the other interesting thing that I found, and I was just I don't know why I just went down a rabbit hole because why not? But it looks like the court case for that is actually suspended. So I went into it and it was updated on August 9, right? And it says that the current status is suspended. So, I mean, I I don't, like, I'm not an American lawyer, right? Like, I've watched Suits, but sure, like, that, that, like, I don't know, like, what that means. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's very realistic. Yeah. um, So, (laughs) Judge Judy, baby. (laughs) Yeah, like, I don't know what that actually means. Does it mean that, you know, they've decided they've done this other trademark? So, because they're kind of very, very close to one another. I think it's like August 8th, they did. 
the day world trademark or something like that and then a day later the court case is suspended so are they are they gearing up to uh change the name i actually had a look on uh twitter fuck um on x to see if the day world name was there it actually is there but it's taken by someone many many years ago that's not them um what a mess yeah, and they've also do you, do you remember Continent that little Discord app that they or program that they announced Who ever? that like fucking vanished off the face of the earth. Websites gone, socials are gone. So um, I expect this to be like one day someone goes to their office and they're gone. They've taken everything and they've ripped all the copper wiring out of the walls, <laughs> and they've just like no one knows where any of the dev team are. It's such a, it's wild. It, it's a, yeah, it's a weird never one. ending source of entertainment. Mm. And I know you want it to be real, but we'll see. It's real. I just don't think it's going to be very good. I think we'll agree with that. Anyway, there's a piece up on the website. If you want to go look, 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 look into that. Uh, okay. So hey, yes. speaking, speaking of entertainment, uh, Zach, uh, uh, apparently there's a new broken sword coming. Never heard of it. But, uh, what? What's this? So anyway, so during, this is okay. So there's several layers. To this, which is quite surprising, <laughs> right? God. This was announced during Xbox's Gamescom <laughs> event. Who would have thought that it would be there? Like, this game is predominantly like a PlayStation or a Nintendo title. I wouldn't, you know, if you had to align it with any console, maybe probably more PlayStation, given how long it's it's. Been. I yeah. definitely had it on PlayStation. Yeah. 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 Uh, so PC. to see it come come up. Uh, or on show during the Xbox show is quite surprising. Very, very cool. Uh, but I think Gamescom, we sh- I should have picked that. That's probably an easy one to pick. When you've actually listened to them talk a lot, they've always spoken about how the, their German fans are like pretty much their biggest fan base aside from like English countries, right? So announcing it at Gamescom is probably was probably an easy one to get. Uh, but yeah, so they've announced two games. They've announced uh, Broken Sword 6, which is now just going to be called Broken Sword Parzival's Stone, which I think um, translates to Percival's Stone if you do whatever that is. Um, and we're getting a Super 2... They've ditched the 3D. Yeah. Is that right? Well, no, so we get, they've ditched the... Well, they're doing what, they, what they've called Super 2D, which is like hand-drawn, like proper hand-drawn... <laughs> yeah, proper hand-drawn backgrounds, right? <laughs> but they've been like basically made to be 3D. So like um, Octopath Traveler sort of, you know, that sort of uh, concept. I've never played that game. So Ish. 2.5D. Um, yeah, kind of. He did say, so Nathan, what did you think of this little trailer? I haven't seen it, it's mate. It's fucking a minute long, mate. What have you been doing? <laughs> it's been like eight hours in the toilet a week. Like surely you can find a minute between wiping your ass, mate. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I know that, that that yeah, I dropped the ball on that one. But I was really excited for that. You, you that. can watch it by, by the time okay. I'm doing this spiel. Because I want you to engage in this it. next live, live commentary track, yeah. Fuck me. You got um, it. <laughs> anyway, the uh, and the other news that was that came out at Gamescom was that they're, they're doing a four K remaster of Broken Sword Shadows of the Templars, which is called uh, Broken Sword Shadow of the Templars Reforged. Uh, so it'd be a four K upscaled. They're redrawing a lot of the some most some of the stuff, uh, but they're using AI to do most of the heavy lifting, I believe, um, because it's only a very 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 small studio. It's like six to ten people or something like that, 
Um, so they basically, uh, there's an article, there's a, there's a really good read on Polygon uh, with Charles Cecil and one of the journalists and just talks about how they couldn't essentially afford to do this game without AI, right? Um, and it is going to be the original game, not the director's cut. So people who were fearful that it would be a 4K upscale of the, of the director's cut, which cut content out of the, sorry, from the original game and added new stuff in, um, it, will, it will be the original game. So no fear there. Uh, yeah, so that's very exciting. That is coming early 2024. The new sixth entry has no date at the moment, but there was an article, sorry, there was an interview published recently from Gamescom with Charles uh, from uh, Cressup, I think is what the YouTube channel's called, and she interviews Charles, and he sort of alludes to the next 18 months. So if we take that, it could be 2025. Uh, but he's, he spoke about some of the mechanics in the sixth game and it's kind of the headlines a little bit clickbaity but uh i i wrote a piece saying that it's going to feature time travel mechanics right and because of the the basis of the story which is this second theory of the the of the grail being these um, black stones that have formed from lucifer's crown um, george apparently gets one of these stones and he has the ability to see into the past and into the future. Now, just see into the in, into these time zones. Not actually, because uh, one of the questions after is, will you be able to actually play in these moments? And it's just no. It's just you are looking into those moments in time, right? Um, and I think he says that like, if you look into the future, it's like what happens if something happens in the game or something like that. Uh, and then if you're looking at like a historical thing, you can go back in time and kind of see how it was. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I've only heard the interview once, so I can't quite remember if that's the exact wording, but it was to that effect. Uh, I'm pretty keen. Nathan, you've watched the trailer now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It uh, looks real neat. It kind of reminds me of at least the little snippet we see, the, the, the older Telltale games where you're kind of given what looks to be a 3D backdrop, but you're interacting mm. with it in a kind of a 2D or 2.5D sense. Have you um, have you played Beyond a Steel Sky, the, the new one that, that they did before this? I played no, that, actually, no, yeah. But, but, you've, well aware but, you've, of it, yeah. but you've seen it, yeah. It, it looks very much like that. Yeah. It has that kind of style to it. Yeah, um, it's very nice. What do you think of the characters? Hmm. <laughs> it's a little bit uncanny valley, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> the reason why I asked that. Um, and Rolf sounds like he's recorded in a fucking broom cupboard, mate. Um, but they, he talks about this in the, this little interview that they're not finished yet. Like that's why they've put up this pre-alpha thing being like, you know, those characters are not properly, he, cause he the said final like, models, they're, yeah. like they're the worst part about that trailer. Right. Sure. Um, yeah, they do stick out. Yeah. They look very different. They're not what I was expecting. I mean, coming from broken sword five, which went back to that old school hand, hand drawn 2d style. But I think Charles was sort of saying, and he's he's a he's a fascinating guy to listen to if you like this sort of shit. Like if you like history and these kinds of games, he always tells very. He's a very captivating spokesperson, right? Like even in this fifteen minute interview, I was like hooked. Uh, he just goes on about all this historical shit, um, and then has a gives a little bit of a jab to Dan Brown. Shout outs. Um, <laughs> I even forgot what I was going to say. 
Oh no, he's sorry. He said that, but the movement to 3D kind of allows them to play to be a bit more dynamic and a bit more cinematic. So that's kind of why they did, uh, they did it that way. Um, I think it looks quite cool. I would have to see it in play to fully judge the characters yet. Um, but it wasn't what I was expecting. I thought they would stick with the um, the older style. Anyone else got Same. any other thoughts on yeah, me. Broken Sword, Mark? And are you, you somewhat of a player? Uh, I haven't played any of the Broken Sword games. I've played other games like it, but I, I'm curious. Adam? Is the is the goat in this one? This is the goat. Hey. No, wait, sorry. sorry, sorry. Oh, you have sorry. to say, that's, I am the goat. That's the 4K. Now, the 4K remaster is the goat, baby. 10 out of 10. Yeah, you got to see a new, uh, new, new players pick, pick that up because I do think that was quite a groundbreaking game. Mm. Is that the one with the goat in it? Can yes. you stop saying goat? It's <laughs> the only thing I know about Broken Sword. So, Rhiannon probably doesn't understand, but so there's a very famous goat puzzle. It's like one of the most famous puzzles, I guess, in, in, in yeah. games, like one of the hardest ones. I do know that one as well. Because um, it's cooked. Yeah, and, he, and it was deliberate too. Did, did you hear about this? So he made that no. puzzle deliberately hard because everyone kept saying your game, your puzzles are too easy. <laughs> Love it. So, um, yes. And That's one way that, to stick the, it to fans, I guess. The other yeah. thing that they, um, they talked about is there's going to be a story mode in the new remaster. So they're going to have like, this hint system that kind of is very dynamic is probably the, the best word. So it'll um, there'll be objects in the world right and you interact with them and when they're not integral to the progression of the story they'll be grayed out right so um it's kind of just a bit easier yeah so yeah all right but yeah there you go uh brandon are you you, have you have you are you keen for broken sword have you even know what broken sword is do you even know what a goat is (laughs) 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 Um, i just i i try not to get my hopes up with some games like seeing them so like like you know it's not there yet um and mm. i like to get my final um impressions uh oh i like sorry i like to give my first impressions on the last kind of uh polished version uh so i think i'll save my thoughts for when that's out okay because it's definitely it's definitely got potential mm. okay and that's all i'll say on that that's fair enough look they're not for everyone are they nathan no, absolutely not. Very much an acquired taste, the old P and C. Absolutely. All right, let's whip through the headlines and then we'll go home and everyone will be happy. Uh, so the quick ones are, is that the other game from Don't Nod, Jusant, or however you would say that, is releasing on October 31. That is the rock climbing game. Sure is, baby. Looks fantastic. Yeah. Uh, coming to platforms being... Uh, PS5, Xbox Series, X and S, and PC. Very nice. Uh, speaking of release dates, Robocop, Rogue City, Ashes, Devo. That has been delayed until November 2 because <laughs> um, it's just getting a bit busy. Phasmophobia, a console release is coming in October. Uh, Mark, you did a little article on Soulframe, which is the new Warframe? No. Uh, from the developers of Warframe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they, they dropped 30-minute gameplay uh, trailer during Tenacon, which is their Warframe conference over the last weekend. It looks pretty freaking good. If you're a fan of God of War and you're a fan of Elden Ring, it feels like a good combination of those two. I've, I've been keen on this since they announced it last year. Now that I've seen it, I am, I'm, I'm all in. I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. Hmm. 
Nice. We also got a, uh, sorry, Night Dive might be remastering the darkness. Ash is pretty excited about that. And Rhiannon, you have posted a couple of articles about the Starfield launch uh, event that's going to be happening uh, in Sydney for, uh, uh, sorry, hosted by Bethesda. Yes, that's right. I I really enjoyed the um, the kind of oh I'd say like a scavenger hunt kind of thing. They uh, they teased yesterday uh, on their socials um, saying that there would be an announcement today, and there was some um, coordinates on the um, on the advertisement. And if you typed those in, you could find the location. Uh, before they announced it I um, mean I was correct so you know bravo to me um, I, yeah anyway so and I went on a full investigation I was like right what are the things here how many people can be there how much does it cost do you know how much it costs for to, to rent out the passenger terminal in circular key too much way too much 10 grand not a clue 10, 10 grand you're right oh really you've done your homework very good. I'm impressed. <laughs> that was a shot in the dark if I've ever seen one. It's never been that easy. Um, and, yeah, so uh, really, really excited for that event. There'll be no um, game play. You won't be able to play Starfield there, um, but it will be an 18-plus event. Um, there's going to be a lot of uh, light installations, so um, definitely keep that in mind if you are a little bit photosensitive. Um, drinking flying, eh? Drinking and flying. Bad combo. Yeah, right. Just one. Um, I'll be there. Settle so, um, and yeah, it'll be held on the Wednesday, the sixth of September, from five thirty p.m. to seven thirty p.m. So, looking forward to that. If you did miss out on a ticket, you can join the wait list. Uh, I do believe they might be. Uh, they'll let you know if another ticket pops up. So. Definitely join that if you're interested in going. Nice one. I'll be flying in from Perth. Going? Yeah. You are I am going. That Exciting. Is Jesus. I'll, I'll be too busy playing the game. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Although, who knows? Maybe. If I if I had uh, a... Uh, what am I saying? Steam Deck? I, I would. Yeah. But mm. I don't have one of those. So, yeah. And I don't know if I'll get, I'll have internet on the plane. So, can't guarantee about xCloud or anything like that, you know. Devo. Good times. Just fly in Phil Spencer's private jet. I should. I, I'll, I'll call up Sarah. Um, yeah. Who's Sarah? Worth a shot. Oh, my. Sarah Bond. Only the most important. Oh. Number one woman in Xbox gaming. She's VP, mate. Yeah, she's Phil's boss. Wow. No. Phil's no, the I'm, head. No, sorry, and she I'm must. The she's the neck. Of, you know. I'm thinking of the boss of Microsoft. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I love. I love. I hope in her bio on Twitter or whatever, it's the neck of Xbox. Phil's <laughs> <laughs> sign off on a, on his t-shirt. Jesus. <laughs> and he's shooting yeah, he, away. He's he's the head of game Microsoft Gaming, and uh, she's the the neck neck VP. There you go. Just oh, saying. That's to the neck. We love <laughs> necks here. 
All right. Um, <laughs> I've got a 90s film of the oh, week. That was a fucking good fight. Segway. <laughs> oh, no, right, do it again. Really do it again. Sure, it, it, sure it, it won't is. be the oh, same now. It's ruined. <laughs> Give me nice film. Speaking of next, that, that's exciting. <laughs> next minute. Oh, Zach, don't ruin. No. Don't ruin a good thing. I oh, know. I had to. Sorry. The nice film of the week. All right. What's your nice film of the week? Talk to me. Terminator Two: Judgment Day. We haven't done that one. Oh, let's go. Was it eighties? It's got to be ninety-one. Ninety-one. Yeah. Well, that, that, that should definitely be. I'm surprised, but yeah. Well, thank you. It's a, it's a good ninety-one. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, That's a my gosh. Brilliant. A great film. film. It's aged so well compared to many. What do you mean? Don't look I at me thought, like that. That's like the no, best I Terminator. I couldn't tell if that was sarcasm or if that was. I was like. It's aged so well. It's aged so well. Yeah, we no, that was genuine. So was Linda Hamilton, oh, oh. Sarah Connor. She looks great. Um, what about Arnie? <laughs> He's also aged. <laughs> He's aged Maybe not for so sure. Well. <laughs> um, and Edward Furlong, who plays John Connor, um, I, I think he peaked then. Uh, I have not. Absolutely. Have not seen him in anything else. But um, one and only. Yeah. Room. You know uh, Robert Patrick. Who plays um, the T one thousand? Brilliant, absolutely, so iconic. Love a bit of Terminator. He's then Peacemaker's dad, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yeah, he, he is. is. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. God, he was an ass hat, wasn't he? In that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a quick one because uh, I hadn't thought of one, so I'm very glad that you've brought one. But now I've got to get this one off my chest because it makes sense. Speaking of Matthew Broderick, oh, no. the yeah, speaking original of, Godzilla, no. well, not the original Godzilla, but like the first Americanized Godzilla. <laughs> oh, right. The shitty <laughs> one. The Japanese yeah, yeah, one. Yeah. With Big Gene Reno and Matthew Broderick Oof. and Puff Daddy. Get around him, I say. Um, <laughs> what a film. Big Lizard was in there as well. Big unit. What a legend. Tearing up. City blocks. Is that 99? Shit, no, it's got to be 90. Rubbish. 90. 90. 90. How, many, how many Rotten Tomatoes are we throwing? 19%. Because oh, it's awful. a dog shit film. It is awful. Wow. That's almost that as much as Head Over Heels from last week. <laughs> Where can you watch T2 and Godzilla? Adam, you're the official. Uh, so, Foxtel God's now, binge. Okay, Sorry. So, just on binge. <laughs> no go. Binge is a binge is a good good spot. Are they both on binge? Now nah, Godzilla you can catch on Apple TV or Amazon Prime. Amazon or Prime. Or Foxtel now. Foxtel. Just go YouTube it. Someone someone's probably uploaded it by now. On TikTok, baby. That's where we watch films. Yeah, it's on days, it's on Pornhub for <laughs> True. sure. True. Yeah. Have there been any any comments on uh, the watching of uh, movies on TikTok? Because um. Uh, ex Elon, he wouldn't um he wouldn't let me post the gif I wanted to. Really? What a piece of shit! I know. What a dog! He mustn't he's like TikTok. He's a T one hundred. T one thousand, you mean? Yeah, no, well, he's the shit version. He's just one hundred. <laughs> yeah, oh, love it. No, T nine nine nine. So no feedback on the TikTok films. No TikTok feedback films. Okay. Well, yep. they'll give it now since I've mentioned it. 
They will. Buddy, what do you think of watching <laughs> films on TikTok? Sure you're, the, week as well. you're the film extraordinaire. Let us know. TikTok films at wellplayed.com, please. Send that through. Go hate it. <laughs> Look, yeah, all I'm saying is it, it lets you... you can't letterbox it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it lets, it lets you know what you're in for, you know? Are mm. you in for disappointment? I've pretty much seen the the Flash and the recent Transformers film on random shit on YouTube and TikTok, so I don't need to watch those now, which is great. Spoilers. You just get all, all the bad shit and just cut to the good scenes, and that's all you need. So, yeah. Nice. Whew. All right. Uh, what else we got for off topics? Anybody watched anything or seen anything? Done. I fucking... Adam. I have. I watched three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, and it's a, oh, yeah. a great old time. Frances McDormand is a fucking machine. What is it? Sorry. It's a great awesome. name. Good film. That was the best film 2018? Yeah, it right. was, yeah. yeah. Yep. Good so brief synopsis is uh, a woman's child gets brutally murdered and the, the local police, she doesn't think they do a good enough job at trying to find her killer. Um, so she rents three billboards asking the the sheriff why there haven't been any arrests. And it's kind of the, the discord that happens after that. And the film's fucking excellent. And yeah, Frances McDormand is the, the, the leading lady in that. And holy moly, she, yeah. So where does mum hire these billboards? They're, they're on like a back, a back ass road that no one ever goes down. Um, but obviously as soon as she rents them out and puts the, the wording up there, she gets the attention of local news and then that sounds amazing. And so on and so forth. Don't say too much. Yeah. I think the, I want to watch it. The punchline was meant to be Should. outside Ebbing, Missouri. Ah, uh, sorry. Want. Yeah. I really, really <laughs> loved that. Haven't I? It's got my mate in it. Big old Sammy Rockwell and the T1 and the T10. But he Peter Dinklage. <laughs> Peter Dinklage. I did that. Oh, come on. What the hell was that? Jesus Christ. Oh my god. Um in the bin. Where can Ugh. where can we watch this glorious film? I watched it on binge. So you can okay. watch it on binge. Brilliant. Wait. I believe it's also on Disney Plus. No, it was on it was Disney Plus, pardon me. Ah. It was on Disney it's Plus. A 20, it's a Fox film. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh speaking of um Disney Plus, I've been on the adventure of Ahsoka. Oh my goodness. The joy. The joy that I was feeling, I, I watched this in the bathtub um, and <laughs> just. That's a couple of hours in the bathtub, isn't it? Sorry. The detail we need to know, though. What did you watch? It was that essential. Was it was essential. Essential. Yeah. I put the candles on, oh, you know, blush, bath bomb. It's Set great. the mood. So, yes. Yeah, I'd, be, I'd be so pruned up. <laughs> you stick your feet out, mate. You don't have your hands in the water uh, the whole time. What? So, like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spread out palms and it's a large bath, okay? It's a large bath. Um, <laughs> why are we so hung up about the bath when Ahsoka has so many fantastic, <laughs> strong females from the Star Wars universe? I'm so happy that this exists and it's just done. Sabine Wren, let's go. It's so good. Like, it's, I'm so pleased. It's pretty much Rebels the movie, right? It is, yeah. It's it's yeah, like yeah, the yeah. another season of Rebels, which is fucking yeah. awesome because Rebels is great. Yeah, but you don't have to watch Rebels to watch this because I did have a friend ask me that. She's like, oh, I haven't seen Star Wars Rebels. And I was like, you don't need to. It's fine. I would recommend, though, because Rebels is great. 
So watch, I watch Rebels. am watching Rebels at the Nice. Moment. Brilliant pair. So I'm halfway through season three. It's uh, not as much of a slow burn as, as Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, definitely picks up around season three as well because we got Thrawn oh, up yeah. in there. So I'm keen to see what that's all about. For sure. There's some surprisingly gut-punching moments in that series. Like some of the bigger heartbreaking moments in Star Wars are hidden away in Rebels. Yeah. It has that same Clone Wars thing of switching from Saturday morning cartoon to like young adult anime. On a dime. Very quickly. I I just can't get into the cartoon versions of Star Wars. They're tough. Yeah. It can be tricky. There's a lot of shit there. Yeah. There's a lot of episodes that are just filler. Yep, I'd say the Probably, last like half, half. the last season of Clone Wars is some of the the best that Star Wars has and to worst. offer. Oh, for sure. But the oh, yeah. the two story arcs in that that are worth watching are the two good ones. <laughs> absolutely phenomenal. It sounds like yes, 100%. I need a TikTok version no. of Star <laughs> Wars <laughs> Rebels. No, that's what like I'm hearing. No, you need you need a big screen for that. You need a big giant. I don't. Screen. I don't own a out. TV. What? Wait, what? Wow, what? I, no, I think How this has become more common. I don't own oh, okay, a TV. No, How do your children oh, watch no. TV? I have, I have three, I have three computer screens. Oh. Do you have uh, an iPad? I use my laptop if I'm watching a film or yeah. TV show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. I, I will say though, at the beginning of the year, I was, um, I didn't know it at the time, but I, I was lent a TV from LG big $5,000 TV. It was fantastic. I loved it, but I had to send it back. So I had it for three glorious months. We love that. We love LG here. Yeah, LG is great. Great TV. Miss it. Great TV. Life's good. All right, let's let's go. Speaking of LG, uh, let's wrap it up there. Life's good. Let's no go. One's, no, no one's got nothing. So, all right, let's do it. Uh, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Well Played DLC podcast. You can check the content on www.well-played.com.au. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. I just said that, but thanks again. We appreciate you. Donate to Doom Cuties Starfield stream if you've got a few bob behind the couch. And that's it. Have a good weekend, and we shall see you next time. Adios. Catch Thank you. Oh, and um, go read and watch our Starfield reviews. There's going to be a YouTube video uh, review. You can go to youtube.com slash wellplayed underscore au to check it out. Like, share, subscribe, comment, post, share, like, and we will Hit the bell icon. see you later. Bye. 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 Get out of here. All right. That Godzilla movie is fucking dog shit, mate.